Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro. I am your host. For this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. Of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed on all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. As always, <coughs> we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us. And like I said, we have a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments here. I've been saying this the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know if he's coming tonight, but, you, you know, maybe we get up Eric Pfeiffer, Larry Schmelrow's uh, appearance tonight. I I have no idea, but, you know, throw it in there just so, you know, keep the memory alive and all that sort of thing. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. NFL week 13 is in the books. We'll talk about everything that went down there. I'm sure we'll get into some basketball stuff, probably – well, maybe a little hockey. I don't know. I guess that depends on if Schmelrose is here. But we'll get this out of the way real quick while we wait for Mike and Patriots to come on the show here. So we talked about baseball last week. Baseball is now in a lockout. We don't know how long this lockout will go on. Uh, I will say this. Um. You know, one way or another, I, I don't think this lockout is going to go into the season. I really hope this lockout does not go into the season for obvious reasons. Um, I will say both sides have been fairly dug in since this whole notion. I mean, we knew that there was likely going to be a lockout before the pandemic and before the ne negotiations to get last season started happened. Um. And then once those negotiations for the season where Manfred is telling people that, you know, we're trying to save as much of the season as possible. And then once the league decides on 60 games, well, we knew we were always going to have a 60 game season. Once you do that, um, the idea that you were negotiating in good faith goes completely out the window. And, um, you know, I, I don't think anybody should think that, if you side for one side or another, you're doing it for the fans. Nothing about this is about the fans. Let's get that straight right now. If the players get what they want, if the owners get what they want, it's not exactly like they're going to lower ticket prices. They're not going to lower any concession prices. They're not going to lower parking prices. They're not going to do anything. At the end of the day, both sides are going to come out fine. You know, I think it was Dave who said last week, a good negotiation is one where both sides come out feeling like they didn't get what they wanted. Well, both sides are going to spit it that they didn't get what they want. But at the end of the day, um, they're going to get enough. They'll be fine. Both sides will be fine here. Um, I do think this is always a case of the owners trying to get the players to bow down in some way. And obviously, that that's not just not going to happen. That's not something that... Uh, we see happen much. Um, so we have that. Just one second. Yep.
So, yeah, we have that. Um, it'll be interesting to see how certain things progress during this whole lockout. Obviously, no more player movement is going to happen, so you're not going to see that. Um, the Mets managerial search is still ongoing. Buck Showalter is a name that has been featured very prominently. We'll see if it happens. Definitely would not mind Buck Showalter. I was, a, I was a little bit against it a few years ago because he always seems to get fired right before the team wins. But uh, given what we've had to deal with the last few years, yeah, I'll take Buck Showalter. But with that, he's here. He's here. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Hastings is with us this week. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. I got to tell you, the last couple of hours, I got home like maybe 20 minutes ago because I was doing shit, trying to finish a pizza right now. But uh, other than that, I'm okay. And I'll tell you right now, I'm only a couple of bites away from finishing an entire pizza, and I guarantee I will not have flu-like symptoms the next day. <laughs> I'm sorry to take a shot, but ever since that came out, every time I every time I take out an entire pizza by myself, I just think, hey, I didn't get sick. Hey, uh, I mean, look, you also probably didn't have, you know, eight people show up to deliver your pizza. So that, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get into some football stuff. Week 13's in the books. <laughs> Uh, how about the fact that the Patriots are back on top, back leading the NFC, the AFC East, excuse me, beat Buffalo, bad weather game, three complete, three passes thrown the entire game for the Patriots. Yeah, I, I mean, look, to me, I, I know a lot of people are out there saying, you know, it shows you what the Patriots really think of Mac Jones, and I don't think that's true at all. Um, no, no. I, I think I think what it shows you is how why Bill Belichick is still the best coach in the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. He took he took advantage of you know the the weather and the situation and went with uh, playing the field game and the win game and trusting his defense and here we are now and uh, they're top of the AFC East, the number one seed in the AFC, and you know now you got people speculating on the potential of a. Uh, Brady, uh, Buccaneers, Belichick, Patriots, Super Bowl. So uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> if the NFL could ask for anything more. I'm sure that I'm sure there's a brand in the league. They're quite happy as fans. I could live without it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, I just to settle you down a little bit there. I don't. At this point, the Patriots are definitely going to make the playoffs. <clears throat> I can't see them making a Super Bowl run right now, though. But uh, I will say one thing. Last year, with all the success Brady had and the fact that Belichick couldn't do what he had to do to get the win there, obviously he was giving everybody a, um, you know, a false sense of security, and he kind of always had his plan in place for what he was doing. But I feel like there were people who were trying to act like, oh, it wasn't Belichick the whole time. It was really Brady. Let's be honest. Brady's great on his own. Belichick's great on his own. What they had together was magic. The idea that Belichick is still not one of the best two or three head coaches ever in football history, just off of one season, that was clearly a rebuild. They had a lot of things going against them. Cam Newton didn't exactly work out the way they wanted to. Half their defense, 
sat out last season. So you got all those factors going in. The idea that one season takes away from the greatness that is Bill Belichick, as much as that makes everybody want to puke, you do have to kind of take it in that not only is Brady one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play and we got to watch him play, we are in an era where we're never going to see a head coach like as great as Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I won't ever say never, but yeah, right now it's hard to look at around the league and think there's any coach that's better or going to have a better career than him. So yeah. you got to look at LaFleur out in Green Bay. I think the guy's only lost nine games in his first three years as a head coach. So that's pretty impressive as well. Um, but his, his real true testament is going to be what can he do when you no longer have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I was just still, thinking the same thing, yeah. Yeah, he's still a wait and see. But um, either way, I think that game last night, I, I didn't even watch it. I, I knew it was mm. going to be a, an ugly game. I knew it wasn't going to be uh, – sorry. I knew it, was, I knew it wasn't going to be some, like, high-flying, you know, scoring game. And I was just like – I had no fantasy people in the game. I wasn't going against anybody <laughs> in that game. So I literally had no investment in that game. So I didn't watch it. Um, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, I did put it on in, in the fourth quarter with about 10 minutes left because, you know, it was a three-point game and why wouldn't sure. I? Um, but outside <laughs> of that, I, I just think – I think the more comes out of this game about what is Buffalo and what – Dave, I think you muted yourself by accident there, buddy. Oh, yeah, definitely did. Yep. I, I've yep. been yapping. Um, <laughs> no, no, you only did it like you only did it like a second and a half ago. You're fine. Okay. Yeah, I think mm. it raises more questions about Buffalo and, and who they're going to be and what they're going to be. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they're one of the better teams in the AFC, but they have – like. You have one of the best or most athletic quarterbacks in the league, and you only ran ran him six times in a game where throwing the ball was basically impossible, even with as strong strong as an arm as Allen has. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that that's the coach is trying to protect them and just you know say, hey, we'll make it to the playoffs. Like I, I don't know what that says. Um, so that 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 to me is the bigger question mark that came out. The biggest question mark that came out of that game is. Why didn't you run him? Is there actually reasoning behind it, or was it just bad play calling? Yeah, I I had heard because <coughs> I didn't get to watch the game last night, but I had heard McDermott threw his offensive coordinator under the bus pretty hard at the press conference. There, at some point, if you feel your offensive coordinator is not calling the right game plan, you kind of have to step in and te- take charge of that a little bit and let be like, dude, you see this weather we're playing in right now? Look how well New England's running the ball. Maybe we should try doing the same thing. I mean, you would think that, and you'd also think as a defense, you'd be more prepared for the run. Uh, I mean, they got, <laughs> they got gassed by New England all night last night. They went on a stretch. I saw it today. From the 43-second mark of the first quarter – until like 10 minutes and something seconds left in the fourth quarter, New England ran the ball 30, 38 or 40 times in a row with no pass plays. And yet they were still moving the ball up and down the field. Not up and down the field, but they were moving the ball enough to change field position and put some points up. Like at that point, I w- I'm not even guarding the wide receiver at the, the line of scrimmage. Screw it. I'm moving the corner halfway between the wide receiver 
and, and the line of scrimmage so he can be in there too. There's <laughs> no excuse for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, he is also here tonight. He's also here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how you doing? Um, okay. Fantastic. Take better, than the, better than the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, that was convincing. <laughs> I mean, they still make a lot of money. They still, they're playing a game. I mean, I'd much rather be playing a game than real. Okay. Fuck real. I respect that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that I think we is all a point would that cannot be argued with. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. So we're talking a little Bills and Patriots from last night here. I'm sure you watched the game. I am interested to hear thoughts on the Manning cast because I just heard a couple things about it that I, I kind of want your opinion on if you saw it. What'd you think of the game overall, though? Um, the Manning cast is delightful. I've been telling you guys about it all season if you're not watching it. It really is the only way to watch Monday Night Football now. And I, I had somebody actually put it put it in terms. This is like right up there. I, I, I'm stealing this from a friend on Facebook, actually, Shmoe Rose's brother, who uh, plays brother, who said that this is kind of this is this is as good as listen. This is brings you back to like listening to Madden and Summer, like <laughs> watch a game like this is like that kind of level of like good watching like football that you want to watch like, i don't know i enjoy the manning cast thoroughly i even enjoyed the joe buck part in the fourth quarter yesterday which i thought was interesting because i mean he's just a smug douche like he just really <laughs> is like but he, <laughs> but he owns it at least I'll, I'll say that is he owns the smug doucheness that that is joe buck like he is that person that you hate because like yesterday he's calling in from his house in cabo and they're talking about it gets to be about a thing about his wife and like his wife apparently works for ESPN and she was at like the game last night and he's you know so they asked him something along the lines of like oh do you feel you know like you know she like you know want you to miss you or whatever do you want to be her to be there or whatever he's like I don't care what she's doing <laughs> I don't care where <laughs> she is like he was just like I don't care like she'll go you know she she I'll I'll put her pencil her down for a couple weeks down here every now and then like he just had this smug airness about him but that's just Joe Buck so at least he owns it I can say that but at the same time man that that man that's got to be I I just want to say that's got to be the first compliment I've ever heard you give Joe Buck it's about as as complimentary as I'll get with Joe Buck honestly. Um, yeah, probably he's the a, first Joe Buck compliment on the show ever. It might be. It might be. And and the compliment is he owns his smug doucheness. So, yep. <laughs> quite the compliment. I always said I never really gave a shit about Joe Buck, which was probably the nicest thing said on the on the show about Buck until what Eric just said. So, <laughs> if that's Other the bar, that, I mean, you talk about to bar, talk yeah. about the game though. The game mm -hmm. was a masterclass from Bill Belichick on just like pecker slapping the Bills. Like he <laughs> he did a number on them. He's like, oh, we got this great year rookie QB who's putting up really nice numbers and leading us to wins. Guess what? We're just gonna hand the ball off. You can throw it three times. <laughs> like, I mean, that game plan. He handed it off, I think, forty-one times yesterday. That's yeah, pretty someone. freaking crazy. And one of the passes, I think it was the incompletion. He probably should have ran it on that play. 
And I think he even kicks himself for not, for throwing it on that play and not not running it himself. So really, he could have ended up with two passes on the night. But that just goes to show you that's a master class in coaching. That's a game where you could say, okay, that's that's why Bill Belichick is considered one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, because not many people are going to pull that game plan out and not only go with it, but stick with it and just like absolutely kill it at the same time. You know what I mean? Like just absolutely just uh, have his team so dialed in and focused at the task at hand and how they were going to beat this Bills team and to go out and execute it. That win is is as much Bill Belichick as it is any player on that field yesterday, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 46 rush attempts, 222 yards, one touchdown. And as we've said throughout, two of three passing attempts and completions for 19 yards on the day. As we mentioned. Oh, wait, and- but he did have an 84 rating, an 84 QB, uh, QB rating. He did have an 84 QB rating. I'm saying that now. As we pointed out, and we, we said this before you came on, and I'm sure you agree with this, it was kind of weather dependent. I don't really think Belichick goes into that game thinking, wait, we're only going to pass three times. I think it was more they saw the way the weather was, and Belichick was just smart enough to make the adjustments, though. Either way, he's a smarter yeah. coach. That's what well, it comes we that. Is we know that. He... He schooled, who is it, McDermott? McDermott. Yeah, absolutely schooled him. Took Mm. him to task, made him look like a fool in front of It was kind of, in my opinion, an embarrassing loss for what's supposed to be a really good Buffalo Bills team. For a team that many people picked as possible Super Bowl contenders this year. This is this is a loss for they got to go back and I got to be honest some of the players are going to look around and go this guy this guy couldn't couldn't come up with anything better knowing all the same stuff that Bill knew couldn't come up with anything better this is I mean you're not wrong I mean I gotta just I I, I gotta I gotta tell you I'm, I think it starts to maybe shift the locker room confidence in that team and if they don't finish strong you know. It's going to be a weird, wild finish. And I, I got to be honest, they were a hopeful. They were a team that had a lot of potential. Josh Allen came into the season with MVP-like expectations. And Eric, and I said this to Mike before, and I, and I think you would agree. And then I want to uh, acknowledge uh, Cousin David's question in the chat. Um, but, like, to me – Josh Allen only ran the ball six times. As as the Bills head coach and offensive coordinator, once you knew you were playing a run-first offense and run-heavy offense, you can't tell me you don't have a, a several plays in your playbook where it's basically you're, you're lining up in the wildcat, but yet Josh Allen's still the one taking the snap. I don't understand how Josh Allen had only six rushing attempts, and I don't know if it's related to trying to protect him for the playoff, you know, the, the last couple games to make it to the playoffs, but that that to me was the, the biggest mistake Buffalo made all night last night was they did not take advantage of the fact that their quarterback can run the ball. I agree with that. I, I, I think their whole game plan was off. I, I would have to go back to the coaching room, back to the drawing board, take whatever playbook they used 
chuck it right in the nearest fucking garbage can because it, it's garbage and it shouldn't be but never break that playbook out again like come up with a new scheme because that what, what you did last week did not work like you said they have a mobile quarterback you should be trying to use that to your advantage said like and you dude, said dude, six rushing attempts. pounds he can take a hit not only that but he like he, he he has a lot of rushing touchdowns like he's he's not opposed to rushing either so that's why I, I don't understand the game plan last night. And I'm kind of, you know, looking at this this Patriots team as maybe they're the contender that we thought the Bills were. I just want to throw in a statistic real quick here, just to kind of back up what you guys are saying about Allen. Six rushes for 39 yards. He had an average yards per carry of 6.5 which almost doubled the next closest, which was Devin Singletary, 10 carries, 36 yards. He had 3.6 yards per carry. Longest run for Allen last night was 21 yards, and Singletary, the actual running back's longest, was 17 yards. And they didn't run him once inside the 10-yard line. In the final Hmm. six minutes of that game, they were inside the 10-yard line twice, and they didn't run him one time. That's embarrassing. Yeah, But either way, I think the real question is the Pats have now won seven in a row. Their last loss, I have to throw this in there, was against Dallas in overtime. So I'm just going to throw that out real quick. Anyway, <laughs> um, in overtime, good. though, and Dallas is a good team. Dallas should have won that game before overtime, but, you know, Dak mm-hmm. fumbles at the half-yard line. The play before that, Dak crossed the, the – the, and scored a touchdown, but the refs said they couldn't see him, so they rolled him down at the half-yard line. But I've moved on from that. That was weeks ago. So, <laughs> um, But looking at this Pats team, like, what do we think they can actually do in the playoffs? That, to me, is the real question. What can they do in the playoffs? Because they just beat Buffalo. They've beaten the, – they whomped on the Chargers. They play the Ravens before the season's over. They play the Steelers before the season's over. They play the Bengals before the season's over. So they have three potential playoff teams that they play before the year is over. They play uh, the wait, Bills one more time. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. They oh, they don't play the Bengals the rest of the season. I have their schedule right here. I heard you say sorry. that. Sorry, I thought yeah. they play the Ravens, Steelers, and and Bengals still. Nah, so here's who they got. Here they they actually they destroyed the Browns a couple weeks ago actually forty five to seven. They're scheduled the rest of the way. They're in Indianapolis to take on the Colts this week. Um, that is another potential playoff time team. Saturday, I think they play on Saturday. We have a Saturday game now. Okay, um, they're in Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, this the day after Christmas. They take on the Jaguars after New Year's, and then they are in Miami to take on Dolphin, the Dolphins to close out the season. So, I, I mean, we know they're going to make the playoffs unless something yeah. drastically horrible happens. But what yeah. can they do in the playoffs? Like, is this a team that can make the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Unless this defense continues to be as dominant as they are, and, I mean, if they hold on to that one seed and everybody has to go through Foxborough, I will never count them out. But I don't know if they hold on to that one seed. And if they don't, I don't know if they make the run. But I I can't put it all there yet because that defense is really good, but I think it can be exposed. Eric, I'll let you go next. What do you think for the playoff chances? Buffalo? They should be in. If, they don't, if they're not in, the coach is fired. I thought we were talking about New England. 
Oh, New England, they're in. They're in the playoffs. They're going to win that division. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be they're going to be another team like like Tennessee that nobody really wants to play. If Tennessee gets Derrick Henry back at the end of the year off this injury, there isn't going to be any team out there that wants to face either of those two teams. And if right now the Patriots are sitting in the number one seed in the AFC, they as long are. as they don't screw things up, as long as they don't do, as long as they don't do anything catastrophic and let everybody else cannibalize themselves below, they could be looking at a first round bye. So I look at this team as a team that nobody wants to play. Kansas City doesn't want to play him. Baltimore, like nobody wants the Bengals. Nobody wants to go and play these guys. They're going to be really scary. And I got to be honest, the thought is super scary of having a Tom Brady Bucks versus Bill Belichick Patriots Super Bowl nauseum fest coming our way is growing more and more likely by the day. Yeah, you know, Dave brought it up earlier in the show, and I, I kind of scoffed at the idea. I was kind of like, no, nah, they, they, they might have, they might win a couple playoff games, but they're not getting to a Super Bowl. I'm looking at this right now. The fact that they are currently the clubhouse leader on that number one spot, you look at the teams that are after them, the Chiefs, have they completely turned things around, and are they the Chiefs that I picked to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season? I don't think anybody knows the answer to that yet. Titans, listen, Tannehill had a few good games when Henry went out, but that team's been in shambles the last couple weeks. Ravens, I don't think you ever fully know what you're going to get from the Lamar Jackson-led offense, truthfully. I mean, they've been very up and down the last few weeks. Look at some of the peripheral teams, Chargers. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm sick of us picking fucking Charger games. I really am. Because that team, you can't predict what they're going to do. And it's fucking horrible. Bengals are another team. You don't know what the hell they're going to do. Colts, eh, you don't know what they're going to do. So, yeah, it's it's a definite possibility Patriots could make that Super Bowl. I, I, look, I, if they get yeah. the one seed, I won't count them out. But <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be mean, interesting. I just don't want to. I just don't give me Belichick. And hold Brady. on, wait. Could you imagine if it's a Brady Belichick Super Bowl and Joe Buck is on the call? He will be on the call, and no. That is, I'm telling you, it's a perfect storm. I'm calling it now. I think I have to. I think I just, <laughs> you know, this is this is the Bermuda Triangle of fucking no, what nobody wants to see or hear. Like this is. This is as bad a matchup as, like, you could really hope for, but as good a matchup as you could hope for, too, because for media-wise, story-wise, there are more stories and angles at that thing than you, than you could shake a stick at. Like, you, there's so much going on there. It is a me- ESPN dream. And then to get Joe Buck calling it, like, oh, my God, like, can you believe this? We are, this, is, this is what our life is going to be come February. And we're back. There you go. Um, I'll say this. Now, you guys can admit it. Did you, I cut out? Eric, huh? No, you didn't. No, I said, and we're oh. back, meaning now we're back to the Joe Buck bashing. That that whole little uh, <laughs> mini, well, for you, it was a Joe Buck loving. That lasted all of 30 seconds. But um, I would, my attempt at a joke, I thought it was funny. Um, I, got, I got a laugh track on my phone. I need to start playing it. Anyway, um, 
did you guys and Eric, you're going to deny it. You want me to be right about who I picked to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC now. You want me to be right. No, Y'all I mean, do. I got to be honest. You do. I still, I'm thinking the more I'm looking at it. I don't know who's coming out of the NFCs or out of the NFC right now because I think there's a lot of teams that are that are pretty even that, that can play each other pretty tough. So I, I'm not sure. I think somebody's gonna have to separate themselves here in the last five weeks in the NFC. The AFC is a little more clearer to me. Yeah, the, the NFC. I, I I don't know. I don't think it's as clear. I will say this about the Cowboys before we transition to some of the other games here. Um, and Dave, I don't know if you agree with me. They have all the talent in the world on paper. They probably should be the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. I think the intangibles are kind of what are going to stand in their way. Are they going to stay healthy enough? Mental mistakes. All the penalties they had on Thanksgiving. Like, I know the refs. We don't know what the fuck the refs are doing or anything the four pass interference on Anthony Brown. Something seems to come out of nowhere to hamper this team. And I'm just wondering mentality wise, if that's going to be what stands in the way of the Cowboys this year. It's usually the same thing that has stood in front of every Cowboys team. That's been good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but Mm. it, as a Cowboys fan, it, it, it kind of all just boils down to what are they going to do when it matters most? And until we see it, there's no way to know. And nothing, no, no other reason other than to have doubt. So, Absolutely. Mean, Absolutely. That's why I'm still saying the Packers are going to the Super Bowl and you guys can deny it or sidestep it all you want. You want me to be right. So anyway. No, what I else? I, I want you to be wrong, and I want the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. So I Yeah, but if that doesn't happen, you want me to be right. No, I don't want the Packers in the Super Bowl. God damn you, Dave. Ever. All right. Sorry, we'll let we'll we'll let this go. That's fine. We don't we don't have to spend 20 minutes on it. It's okay. Um so week 13. Any other thoughts here? Uh Eric, I'm sure you have thoughts about your Giants. No, they suck. What you, what there it is. I just wanted to hear you say it. I like that. That's my but favorite yeah, part of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like to poke me and, and make fun of it. I get it. I get it. My team's shit right now. We had a hope eventually they turn it around. Haven't showed me any promise of that in the last five years. So I, I don't know how much brighter the future is looking, especially while Gettleman and Judge are still at the home. And I got to be honest, Judge sucks as a coach. Like, I really don't understand what people see in him. They fired the offensive coordinator because the offense there was dragging everybody down. And this week they can blame it on starting. The offense is just trash. They suck. They're not good. Saquon Barkley isn't isn't doing anything. The offense isn't doing anything. Even when Daniel Jones is in there, he isn't very good either. It's not a Mike Glennon problem. It's an, it's an entire offense problem. It's yeah. garbage. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to add some things up here. Um, yeah, what did you think of the press conference uh, after? I know it's not adding up wins because that wouldn't take very long. We don't have very many. 
Yeah, no, it definitely had nothing to do with the Giants. What I was adding up, I, I will say that. That was simple. No, what did you think of the press conference after when he was he was trying to talk about press conference? Well, I know Francesa he, tweeted something he about He gives it. you nothing in the press conference. He tries to be Bill Belichick, but the problem is he's not Bill Belichick. He tries to be that guy who's, oh, we're moving on to that. He doesn't fucking give you anything in these things. Fair enough. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, Dave, Cowboys did, in fact, beat the Saints on Thursday. Taysom Hill had some injuries. Saints did not look good as a whole. Thoughts Taysom on the Hill Cowboys? Had some what? Well, he had some injuries. What did I say? He thought I injuries? said injuries. He had, inter- I, he, had inter- he had interceptions is what I know he, he had. had inter- he got hurt after the game, though. No, he busted up his finger in, like, uh, the second quarter. And it's the same he, injury he Wilson had. He was still garbage. He's he's not a quarterback. (laughs) He is is not a quarterback. Anybody who thinks Taysom Hill is a quarterback is kidding themselves, as the Saints included. That man is not a quarterback. Maybe a wildcat guy, maybe a goal line guy, but he is not your everyday four down, you know, three down quarterback. Not going to be. The saddest part of that whole game after what what we just watched last night is I'm pretty confident if New Orleans ran the same game plan that New England ran last night, they would have had a chance. They would have had a much better chance to beat Dallas because when Taysom Hill just lined up and ran the ball, like Dallas just couldn't stop him. He he basically went wherever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to go there. But they're in a dome, so they really can't justify only throwing the ball two times or three times. But look, that Dallas defense, man, they took advantage of a bad, bad quarterback play. They, they had a bunch of turnovers. I love seeing a big man get an interception pick to the house. Um, so that was always cool. What, what I like is that this coming Sunday when they play Washington, it will be the first time that Dallas will actually have their 100% of their projected starters healthy for the game. Knock on wood, you still got three days of practice. But if everybody comes out of the practice week healthy, it'll be the first game all year long that Dallas has 100% of their projected starters on the field. So I'm interested to see what that looks like and how that unfolds. Um, you know, Washington coming off another big win, uh, big ugly win against the Raiders. Um, you know, if da- Dallas plays Washington twice out of the- in the next three weeks, if Washington wins both those games, then Dallas is actually going to be fighting to win this division instead of running away with it. If Dallas loses both of those games, if Dallas loses either of those games, they should be embarrassed and should just pack it in. Like it's it's embarrassing. They should kick the crap out of this. Tyler is even Tyler Henneke starting anymore? Nah, it still is. There? It yeah. is. Yep. Yeah, I got to be honest. Kid's got a ton of heart, and every win to him, I think he gets like an extra hundred twenty-five thousand dollar bonus or something like that. So I mean, like. Literally, this guy has made like $500,000 extra this year just based on his four wins. So good for him. And that man's got something to play for. So if I'm Dallas and I'm that defense, I'm going to try and hit him as hard as I can as early and as often as I can. Because I want to make him uncomfortable. I want him to have a bad day. That would be my game plan. I think they should beat this Washington team twice in the next three weeks. That's my prediction. And they should run away. We are not. Do we have to pick that game? 
Do we have to pick that game? Because Dave, I'm seeing what you and really? cousin Jay, you guys David are picking are Washington. I really don't. I really, I really don't. Like, I see what cousin David and Dave are saying Washington in the chat. Like, do we have to? Why are you guys gonna? I don't want to pick it. You're missing the point, Eric. You're missing the point here. Point is, cousin David is is goading me in the chat, and Dave is going along with it. I'm just saying, can we please not pick that game? But please, please Let's pick it. Go ahead. That's yeah, not no, no. Eric, you're not helping here. What a surprise. Now, now, pick a different game. I'll tell you what, we're going to change the subject entirely right now because for two weeks in a row, I said Detroit was going to get their first one of the season. They lost, and then I picked against Detroit last week. And look at this, Detroit gets their first one of the fucking season. Told you guys that was going to happen. Listen, it was it was a gut, gutsy win by them, so I I can't take anything away from it. Um, again, just an embarrassing loss for the Vikings. I don't care if they're Dalvin Cookless or not. Like, they should have won that game. And I don't know what's going on with Minnesota. They're another team you talk about before the, um, you don't want to pick the Chargers anymore because you can't figure them out. The Chargers suck to pick. Minnesota is another team that sucks to pick. Like they they're they're tough to pick because you think they should win they should go in and beat the Lions and they can't even get that right. So yeah, it's not especially the uh, Green Bay. Oh, did you hear something about Orlovsky and his kids? They popped some champagne or something. Heard him talking today that he was all happy that uh, the Lions got a win so that his O and he's still the only QB with uh, it's O and sixteen. I'm like, who celebrates that? You are the, he is the biggest loser around. I got to tell you. I'll be honest. No argument here. Time I see Dan Orlovsky said this or said that, I literally scroll right by it. I don't pay any attention. Yeah, nobody pays. Nobody gives Dan Orlovsky any sort of credit whatsoever. I am just responding to what Dave just put in the chat room here. Sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, does anybody have anything else from week 13 they would like to bring up this week? Um, anything at all? Anything else that uh, stood out to them? Well, if we got nothing, Dave, I, I want to give you some credit I mean, here. College couple- football stood out to me more than anything. This about yeah, let's about talk about God, that. Eric, go for it. Let's yeah, let's I mean, talk. Listen, roll time. Can I just say? Can I, I just know. can I just say what I wanted to say real quick, and then we can go sure. roll, roll tide. We'll go roll tide all episode long. That is fine, Dave. A couple weeks ago, you were bemoaning the fact that Tony Pollard was one of your starting running backs in fantasy. How's that working out for you, brother? I still lost. Oh, all right. Go ahead, Eric. We need to kick him in the dick. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was doing champion. a good thing. <laughs> Championship weekend, so a lot of good games this weekend if you watch college football. Um, not a lot of super close games. Michigan kicked the crap out of Iowa. They got the number two seed overall. They're going to play Georgia, who lost Alabama in the SEC championship roll tide. Alabama moved up to number one. They're going to play undefeated Cincinnati, who came in in the four spot. Um, so that's going to be interesting because Cincinnati's got something to prove. Uh, you know, they're going to come in hungry, so I, I expect a good game. I think uh, – but college football is fun. I'm going to guess the, did any either of you guys watch any of it this weekend? Uh, I got to watch 
tides roll up on Georgia, my friend. You did? I, I got. To, I watched the second half, and it was just Alabama the whole time. He, he's Dave. You're you're a little underwater there. Um, there you go. I think. Anyway, um, I, I didn't have a good day Saturday. I'm just going to put it that way. But uh, I do. I did hear a tinfoil hat theory that's out there about your Bama boys. And I said this, and truthfully, it's more of a statement than a theory. The, the idea that Georgia threw the game so that two SEC teams would make the conference football uh, championship. Or the college football championship, excuse me. Oh, did I get cut like out? That, uh, oh. No, no, I'm, I'm listening to the theory, and I'm thinking in my head how that would really make sense for anybody outside of the conference making more money. So that would be a good I mean, thing. that would be it, because apparently that, Georgia that looked worse than they did all season. At the same point, Georgia did go up 10 nothing in this game before Alabama roared back and ended up winning 41-24. Uh but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I hard to believe that they went up 10-0 and then you know kind of really like, gave it up after that. I don't know, maybe, but I I, I got trouble seeing that. I just think Alabama well, I, was the better football team. They, I mean, to see what Bryce Young did, I know uh, what he was able to do in that final drive of the Auburn game, and then what he did against Georgia's defense. And Georgia was the number one ranked defense. They were only giving up like 200 and like. 30 yards a game, like in total, in total offense to other teams. Like they, they were number one in the, in the nation in points allowed with only 6.7 points a game allowed. They only allowed one team to score 17 points this year. And, and nobody else had scored higher than that. Like, you know, it was, they were really, really great defense all year long. And for Alabama to come up, put a 41 spot on them, for Bryce Young to put up over 400 yards of offense on them, that's crazy. And he pretty much solidified himself as the Heisman winner with that performance. And it's a rematch that I hate would hate to see, honestly, in – the championship game, if it got to be that, because Alabama's going to play Cincinnati, Michigan's going to play Georgia. If Georgia and Alabama both win, they're going to play in the championship game. If that happens, I always hate that rematch game because uh, Kirby Smart's a good coach and a smart guy, and I, I don't know. I never feel good when you play a team a second time like that, so – I'm ho- I'm almost I'm almost hoping Michigan wins so I go watch Nick Saban <laughs> beat the shit out of Harbaugh. That's really what I want to see. I want to make I want I want Saban to make Harbaugh cry on the field. Like that's that that that's what I would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to that, Dave? Oh, I respect the passion, and it's not like I ever had any love for Harbaugh, so that wouldn't really bother me at all. Um, besides that, though, I, I think like Eric really kind of hit it right on the head. When it's all said and done, when you have the type of defense that Georgia has, to watch what Alabama offensively was able to do as that game went on, like that's that. I mean, that that's one of those games that can take a team in one of two directions, either. You know, really kind of crushes the confidence and momentum that they had, or puts them in a spot where they've got the 
tape. They get to study themselves and they get to correct where they went wrong and really and really make themselves a better team. Or like I said, you just collapse and and fall apart. Um, so it's going to say a lot about this Georgia team and how they respond when they play their first playoff game. Um, but I, I also think that a team like them that that's had the year that they've had, uh, you've got talent up and down. You, I mean, they've got to have. I mean, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but they've probably got to have at least four or five guys that could be drafted in the first round on that roster. Um, and you either bounce back or, or you, you, you tuck your tail in between your legs and, and you kind of fold. So I'm kind of curious to see what, what, what George is really made of. And I, I think their first game is going to be a, a hell of a sign of whether this team just took advantage of having more talent than the rest of the competition they played, or if this team really, you know, has that heart and will to, to, get to where they've been trying to get to all year. There you go. There you go. Listen, I, I don't know enough about this stuff to be able to comment on it, so I'm not going to try on that one. I will. I will. Here's the deal. Eric, I feel like if I ask you to predict this, you're going to prick Alabama to win. And I don't know if that's just because you're the fan. Like, I know you can look at this stuff objectively. So if you're looking at this objectively, how do you see the college football playoff going? I see it as really tough. Um, some really good teams with some really good defenses. Um, you know, what Michigan's been able to do this year has, has been really well, has been really good. Uh, first time under hardball, they've really looked this good. Georgia's defense outside of that Alabama game has been a monster all year so they could easily have just had a bad game and come back as monsters again uh cincinnati i don't know what to expect from i haven't really watched much of them haven't seen much of them but i just look at it seem like the tide and look at a guy like bryce young who's gonna win the heisman look at a kid like anderson on defense who led the nation in sacks and it just won defensive player of the year uh you know, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. You know what I mean? Like, you kind of got a little bit of everything on both sides of the ball, and that's kind of the reason I would give Alabama the edge. I just think that they're better on in all aspects of, of the game than a lot of teams are, where some teams have a really good defense or a really good – Alabama's just good all around. And uh, they did have one slip up this year. They're not perfect. They're not the best Alabama team I've ever seen. They're, they're a really good football team. You could catch them early. If you kick, catch them early and put up a big lead, you might you got a you got a fighting chance. Um, but yeah, I I, I look at it as it's going to be tough. But I'm rooting for an Alabama Michigan championship so that I could see Saban beat down Harbaugh. That's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> as an object, as an objective, as an objective fan, that's what I'm rooting for. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So with that, kind of dreading saying this, do we want to go into picks for this week for the NFL, week 14? You know it. I don't even understand how you consider that a highlight this week, but okay, fair enough. Anyway, so we'll get this started, and we'll go for me because it's time. <clears throat> <clears throat> For Aguilera's Aggravation of the Week. 
You're going to make me say I should pick this game because I'm already aggravated by it, aren't you? Yes, exactly. I That's see what you're on. fucking doing. <sighs> wish you're I wish we didn't crap out. Just think about picking it. How is this not the aggravation of the week? I wish my fucking Survivor League didn't crap out as early as it did. God damn it. All right. Own it, Mike. Go ahead. Go, go ahead, Dave. All right, we're, we're doing that game? Yeah, fine. We know what game it is. I don't need to, I don't need to say what game it is. Y'all know what game it is. Dave, just pick the fucking game. This is perfect. So aggravated. It's perfect. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to be honest. This Washington team has won four in a row uh, after having a really slow start to the year. Heineke's starting to find his groove, and the team believes in him, and they trust in him. But no Chase Young. Every game they've won has been a close game that they basically have won by taking advantage of or being the team that made less mistakes. Um and like I said earlier, this is going to be the first game that Dallas has literally played all season uh, with the 46 guys that they plan to try to play with every single week. Um, with that all being the case, uh, Mike McCarthy, all their coaches are supposed to be back this week. This is a game that if Dallas loses, I don't even think they need to lose to Washington again in two weeks. Um, I think this would be an embarrassment for them as a team. I think the only way that Washington wins is if Dallas can't stop the run because uh, that really is, is what their entire offense re- revolves around is being able to run, run the ball and then adjust, you know, play action and, and those types of things to get Heineke time. Uh, they got their big end, big guy tight end back last week, Logan Thomas. They lost him. He's out this week. Curtis Samuel, the big free agent wide receiver signing they made, he is expected not to play. Um, so you're really looking at, you know, the running backs and, and McLaurin on the outside, which makes it really easy to, to roll your coverage and, and try to take McLaurin out of the game. They're, they're every single thing is lining up that Dallas should win this game. And in past seasons, that would tell me to take the Washington Redskins. Oh, I'm sorry. The football team, the Washington football team, <laughs> sorry. My apologies. The Washington football team. Um, but I do have faith in this Cowboys team. I think they I think they're still a really good talented team, and I do think they're one of the best teams in the NFC. I don't think they're the best team. I, I would take Arizona, Tampa Bay, and Green Bay over them, but I, I think they are one of the best teams in the NFC. So this is a chance to prove it. So I'm gonna take Dallas on the road against Washington. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, Washington, I can say that. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We all know my luck here. We all know my luck here. So I'm not happy with you and my cousin right now. I picked Detroit two weeks in a row, win their first game, they don't do it. The week I pick against them, they do it. I picked Dallas to win on Thanksgiving, they lose. Pick them to lose last week, they win. Keep and in I mind, though, Mike, just a couple weeks ago, you picked them to lose, and they won. Yeah, one time. I just named five other times where it went against me. That's the way it usually goes. Did I tell you guys I went to City? I went to Shea Stadium slash City Field and didn't see the Mets win a game for 10 straight years 
Went once a year, every year, for about 10 years. They didn't win. So I have bad luck. Right, bad pick luck. The, pick the Washington football team and... and, and no, I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I feel like you guys don't believe me and just think I'm exaggerating and think that I'm just making this up and oh boo hoo, poor Mike. So I'm gonna pick Dallas. And if they lose this week, I swear to God we never pick another Dallas fucking game on this show. I think that's fair. No, Eric? I'm not going with that. I don't know. You don't won't accept that they play Arizona. You guys suck. Yeah, they play Arizona in week 17. How's that not a Hastings highlight game? I mean, how is this a game worth picking? Because look how aggravated you are. Your your segment is Aguilar-Laro's aggravations. I mean, come on. Yeah, but the context really shouldn't be the reason why I'm aggravated on that. Even though, again, we started this out when I was doing survivor picks, so I don't really. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Eric, fine, fine. Eric, go ahead. Listen, Washington Redskins, Chief Redskin, Precipity Redskins, doesn't matter what Redskins are playing. Okay. Washington football team, Dallas by 20. Dallas by 20. Okay, so you don't have to send that meme this week. You already did it on the show. You got to come up I with mean, a new one. R- really quick, Mike, I-, I have to ask Eric something specifically. <laughs> Eric, do you think on Sunday – Mike is going to ha- check the score and be hoping that when he looks at it, Dallas is losing. Secretly, yeah, I think so, just to prove his point. <laughs> well, you guys already said we're going to have to pick him again anyway, so, I mean. I, I know, but just the way you picked that game, it just gave me that feeling that you're going to check the score at some point while you're at work on Sunday, and you're going to be like, God, I hope <laughs> Dallas lost so I can look at that and just not... why I never picked Dallas to win a game. That's not <laughs> – all right, we'll move on here. You know next, we love you, Mike. I know, I know. I'm playing along. There's no anger here. And plenty of aggravation, no anger. Um, all right, now it's time for Hastings Highlight of the Week. So, I mean, looking at this schedule, there are some games that you want to say to yourself, man, that could be a highlight game. And then you're like, yeah, could it really? And there, I have one specific game that I think has to be picked as Hastings highlights. But honestly, I, I think two. I, I was going to say, there, there's two of them, one of them being on Monday I, night. Yeah, yeah. I see uh, one was it's, Monday. One was the Monday other one's, night, the other one's Sunday, 425. Yep. Yeah. 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 So. Yep. We know what games we're talking about. Uh, so I'll start with the Sunday 425. You got the Bills going on the road against Tampa Bay. Who knows? Maybe they'll be excited to get out of that cold weather. Um, but then again, it's Tampa Bay. So you could end up with thunderstorms and lightning and rain. <laughs> and you, you have no uh, a tornado. Tornado. Yeah. You, you have no clue. Hurricanes. It's it's Tampa Bay. You don't know what the hell can happen. Um with that said, Tampa Bay's one uh, you know, kind of bounced back. They, they won a couple in a row. They they handled Atlanta pretty easily yesterday, uh, last Sunday. Um, Bill's coming off of a rough loss, at, but I just, to me, it's going to come down to the fact that this Bills uh, Bills wide receiver core versus Tampa Bay uh, secondary. This Tampa Bay secondary is beat up, up and down. 
inside and out, top to bottom. They're playing practice squad guys. Like, they, this secondary, I just don't think is ready. Uh, Devin White just does not look like the guy he looked like last year. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or what, because there's no denying that man's God-given talent to play the game of football. So, with that said, I actually think Buffalo bounces back and takes the win on the road against Tampa Bay. All right, so Dave's got Buffalo. I'm with Dave. Love averages here. I think that uh, this is a game Buffalo can get right with. The Bucks can afford one here against the, against the Bills team that's looking to bounce back. Um, give me the Bills. It is hard to pick Brady going against uh, not pick Brady yeah. going against the Bills. That, that's what made me hesitant. But yeah, I got the yeah. This is this is this is a tough one because I can definitely see the whole bounce back thing. Problem is, I do feel like the Bucks played well last week off of that bye that they had. At least I think they had the bye week the week before. Maybe I'm wrong on that. All I know is Godwin had a really good game. Gronk had a really good game. And I've won six straight games in fantasy, so I got that going for me. Um, See, not everything's aggravating. Yeah, man, nine and four are tied for first. Tied for first. We'll see if it lasts. But um, I really don't. I, nah, I'm not going to talk that. Appreciate Give me Tampa Bay. that up after I mentioned I lost in fantasy. But anyway. I waited a half hour. I waited a half hour. I didn't do it right away. <laughs> Say it. You had plenty of time. Plenty of time in between there. Uh, all right. So I got Tampa Bay. You guys got Buffalo. There you go. Let me set this up real quick. Wait a minute. Before we do uh, Eric's game, I didn't read off the standings. So Hold on. Wait. We Eric- got a second game to pick, though. Oh, right, we do. Well, let me let me say the standings anyway, and then, then we'll do Dave's second pick. That's right. Uh, Eric, Dave, and Schmelrose all went three and four last week. I went two and five last week. Eric is still in first place at 52 and 37. Dave has a commanding lead of second place with 47 and 42. You are five games behind Eric there, and I say commanding lead of second place because both me and Schmelrose are pulling up the rear there at 44 and 45. So you're going to have a winning record this week and Dallas is going to be the reason why. No comment. Dave, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I I think this game is a Hastings highlight game because it's going to be fun to watch. Yes. When it comes down to picks, I think we're all going to say it's a clean sweep of Arizona. So I'm not going to talk a lot about this game. I'm just going to say I'm taking Arizona and I get the feeling you guys will too. All right, Eric, who you got? I think I'm going to go the other way. I'm, the more I'm looking at it, the Rams. Wow, I should have gone first. Team, the Cardinals, ten and two, looking good, but they can afford one. Practically a home game. I mean, Arizona's really not that far from LA. Uh, give me the Rams. I really should have gone first there. I was kind of setting it up because I was going to pick my quarterback. That's my quarterback, Matt Stafford. I was going to go with the Rams just off of that, just for the hell of it. And, Eric, you stole the thunder completely. I should have gone before you. Well, Stafford's going to Stafford, and I feel like this is a game he's going to come out and put up numbers in. Well, numbers are good. Numbers are good. 
what we want. That's why we pick Stafford in the 10th round. Because we don't pick quarterbacks before that. Because in one quarterback lead, it's dumb to pick quarterbacks before that. Just my opinion. Anyway, nothing to do with anything there. Uh, all right. So it is time. It is time. So who did you go with officially? I went with the Rams. I went with the Rams. Okay. I'm not changing right. my pick. You, you, you just you just stole the thunder out of it. I wasn't changing the All pick. All right. I'm just making sure. Yeah. No, no, no. No. Mean what you say. Go with whatever the fuck the phrase is. Anyway, it is time for Eric Chesler's Toilet Ball of the Week. Mike, it's a double breath. flusher this week. I it's ran out of breath. Flusher. I hurt myself. Flusher, okay, yeah, no you doubt. I have a pain yourself. in my this side. Is what, this is, these are two that are really going to hurt. I'm going to kick it <laughs> off with one that th- this one's going to build up to the real hurt, the real, the real one that's going to be tough to squeeze out. But the first one here is you look at this game and you're like, man, two teams that are just shit. Just belong in a toilet. Just really battling it out for the bowl. Okay. And that's the team that's falling off a cliff with their quarterback. And that's Big Ben and his last his last ride with the Steelers at the unpickable Minnesota Vikings. How the Who, hell do you even want to watch this game? Like, like this is just going to be ugly. And it's on Thursday, too, to make it even uglier. And just to just to go with you on that, my wide receiver Adam Thalen is probably going to miss the next four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. So there's your backup right there, Eric. I mean, um, beat Baltimore. They did by one point, though. Wins a win last. Do you really said. trust Big Ben though? I mean, he looks pretty bad. No, I don't trust Big Ben at all. So, Eric, you want to pick first? Oh, no. Well, you pick <laughs> you you said the game. You pick first, damn it. I'll pick first on the next game. I need more time to think on this one. This is a this is this one's a hard one to Mike, keep in mind you haven't picked first on any game, even yours. So I yeah. think you're gonna take first on this one, bud. Yo, uh, all right, fine. Um, well, I mean, we say Minnesota's in pickable, and their number two wide receiver is now out to go with Delvin Cook being out. And Thalen's a really good wide receiver. Like, he might be their number two, but that's only because Jefferson is so goddamn good himself. Thalen would be a number one on most teams, in my opinion. I have to say that. He's my number one. Anyway, um, with them out... Yeah, it's hard to trust Big Ben right now, who did announce. Well, I don't think he formally announced it, but Schefter reported he's going to retire after the season, which isn't really a surprise at this point. But they were able to pull out that win against Baltimore last week. I think they hit Minnesota at a decent time. So I'll go with Pittsburgh here. Eric, you still want more time? I know who I'm taking. Take him then. Go ahead. I'm taking the Vikings at home, short week, pissed as fuck. They just lost to Detroit Steelers coming off of a hell of an emotional high with a huge division win against Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to take Minnesota. I think they end up pulling this one out in a close one. 
You ready? You talked me into it, Dave. You talked me right into the Vikings. Set up. Set up. Tinfoil hat. Get it out. Get it out. Total (laughs) setup. Total. Total. Shenanigans. Just drop the tinfoil hat on your. Total fucking shenanigans. I am calling here. I am. I am quoting South Park shenanigans. Total shenanigans. No, right. I mean he sold it perfectly. Short week, uh-huh. sort of at home. Sure, He's coming off a loss. Uh, Steelers coming off an emotional win, primed for a little bit of a letdown. They'll still be a five hundred team. Vikings, and you're and you're gonna and you're gonna try to se- you're gonna try to sell me some real estate in Miami next, right? I just might. Uh, <laughs> for this game, you're gonna you're gonna give me the Vikings. Yeah, 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 fine. You got the Vikings. All right, what's what's the second of the double flush? The double flush. This second one's a belly ache for you, Mike. You're you're gonna really be writhing in some pain on the bowl here, as this as this shit dukes it out. Uh, and it's it's pure crap. And again, another one that we talked about that's just unpickable. Okay. And that's the New York Giants at the San Diego Chargers. Uh, Los they, Angeles. I'm going to say, they do prefer to be called the Los Angeles Chargers now, yes. The Los ah, I did it too! Ah. <laughs> it's more fun to say San Diego Superchargers. It's more fun. Or, or uh, as in... LA, LA. So we've all been... We've a all whale's been vagina. Now. A exactly. whale's vagina. Yes. But I feel like I'm swimming in right now. There you go. There you go. Oh, I mean, I, my... I don't know. My stomach's hurt worse before. But yeah, this is a hard game to pick because this is a game the Chargers should win. And we've seen over the last few weeks that the games that they should win, they lose. Eric, say the line for me. Is it the law of averages? No, it's the other one. The other one. Stay sweaty? Oh, dumpster fire. No, well, I mean, yeah, sure, but I was going for Giants suck. Oh, they that's, do. Well, that, that yeah. you, you, we could chant that from the rooftop. I'm saying that's kind of been your thing this year outside of law and averages. For this football season, those are your two catchphrases, law of averages and Giants suck. So that's what I'm going with there. I'm going with the Chargers. All right, maybe a clean sweep here then because I got to go with the Chargers too. This Giants team is awful, and they're not going to travel out west and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's what you got, Dave? Yeah, that's a clean sweep. I there mean, the go. Giants are starting their third string quarterback. I mean, that, that team is bad enough. You put in your third string quarterback. That's that's. If you're a Giants fan, don't watch that game. I don't think you're going to be very happy. Make sure you flush and open a window when you're done. There you go. All right. So now we will pick for him again. Still absent. But it is time for Larry Shadows and Shit Show of the Week. Well, I'll tell you the one that stands out to me that kind of just smells just really bad. I don't have the clever words that, you know, Eric likes to throw in there, but this just smells something awful. The Saints, we talked about their quarterback situation. Going into MetLife Stadium. Take on the New York Jets. And I feel like that should say it all right there. 
Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. It's I, a shit show of the week. That's, yeah, I got to tell you, that's probably the shittiest show of the week. The week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flame and Turd. Yep. I mean, your, right. closest one, your closest one outside of that is probably Falcons Panthers. Uh, that's I mean, pretty you big. Could go, you could go Seahawks uh, Texans too, but I think then we're just getting crazy because we all know there is one clear cut winner here, though, and it is the shitty ass Saints Jets game. That's the clear cut shit of the week. Oh yeah, that one hundred percent. That's that. That this is, is one of those shits that you spot. take, and it is such a clean pick that you don't even need to wipe afterwards. Just comes out <laughs> so clean. I'm I'm so happy I inspired that. I'm oh, proud yeah. now. Thank you. All right. Um. So I'll pick first. What? You go first. You got this. Hey, there you go. Had to take a breath after that shit. Um, You know, this is going to be a horrible game to watch. I'm very happy I'm going to be working so I don't have to subject myself to this. Um, You know, just to be, because I feel like maybe you guys would go the other way here. I'm going to say the Jets. Not for any reason in particular, because both teams are atrocious. Like, even if Simeon starts a quarterback, Simeon's, Simeon's a bad quarterback. They don't have a lot going for him, the Saints. Like, maybe they get Kamara back this week. I really hope they get Kamara back, because that's my guy. But, um, yeah, just give me the Jets. That's it. Wow. I'll jump in and go next. I'm not going to – I'll let Dave pick last on this one. But I'm going to jump in here real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And to be honest, on every single aspect of the field outside of the quarterback, and even there it's still slightly questionable, the Saints are a better football team. Just uh, every other ad, offense, defense, line, you name it, I think that the Saints are probably overall better at it, except for maybe the quarterback position. Granted, most important position on the field. Yeah, that's a big for granted. But if there's 22 guys on the field between offense and defense and the other 21 guys are better than the other 21 guys, you know what? I got to be honest. I'm going to take the Saints. I can't see a way that they really lose this game. They would like this would have to be a game. Trevor Simeon goes out and loses like they have to try to lose this game, in my opinion. Uh, the Jets are just not a very good football team right now. Maybe they'll get better in the future. Maybe a few more picks down the road, a couple years down the road, they get better, but they are not there yet. And because of that, they should be able to run the ball well enough against the Jets. They should be able to move the ball okay enough to put up at least 20-something points and beat the Jets. I think it's a pretty clear shit here. And the Saints are going to march right into the fucking bowl. When the yeah. Saints will march in it. There you go. All right, go ahead, Dave. So the one area, Eric, you didn't touch on that the Saints are better than the Jets is coaching. Yeah, last they are better week, there too. Last week, the Jets went blow for blow with the Eagles the entire first half of that game. Entire first half. I think each team had uh, – I think the Jets were down 21-14. But they each team went blow for blow with each other. And then in the second half, the Jets, I think, mustered up a total of three points and got completely blown out. And the reason for that and the reason why I have to take the Saints 
is because the Jets might actually compete early in the game. But the adjustments that will get made at, at halftime are where the game will get determined. And even though I do like Salah, um, I do think he's got an opportunity to be a good head, uh, good head coach in this league. He's still learning. And he's going to get outcoached by Sean Payton in the long run. And, and that's why I have to take the Saints on this one. All right. <clears throat> Fair enough. I'm sticking by what I said, I don't care. Um, so that'll do it for the week 14 picks for us here. I know I know we don't have small rules here, so we can't really go into hockey too much. Anything you guys want to bring up from other sports? Hey, my Bulls went 2-0 and in New York, took out the Nets. <laughs> Second time in a row, beat the Knicks and rebounded from uh, the loss of the Knicks earlier in the year, even though they got up, the Bulls were up by 21 and the Knicks got it all the way down to it, it took the lead in the fourth quarter. Um, and honestly, I think that's the biggest problem with the Knicks is they constantly seem to be giving teams 20, 30 point freaking lead and then they fight all the way back, but the hills, the mountains too high to climb. Um, but, yeah, big win last night for the Bulls against the Jazz. Um, was it the Jazz? Yeah, I think it was the Jazz. No DeMar DeRozan. He's on the COVID protocol list. No, like, four or five. Alex Caruso, like, four or five of their rotation guys uh, and DeRozan were all out. Um, and, and they still managed to pull off a huge win against the Jazz, which was really impressive. So, they're sitting top of the uh, – and uh, God, I want to say – I want to say NFC East. Um, they're sitting on top of the Eastern Conference right now. Um, they got an easy stretch of game. So even with all the guys they have out right now, I think they have the potential to really kind of, you know, they might not win as many as they would if they were completely healthy, but I think they should stay in that top three or four. Um, so amped about that. Steph Curry, 16 threes away from uh, breaking Ray Allen's uh, all-time career three uh, record. Uh, and probably he's going to do it about five or six years younger than Ray Allen yeah. did it. He's uh, insane, but as insane as he is, the great debate I heard today was, is Steph Curry an all-time top 10 player? And if he is, who are you taking out? I don't think he is. All-time top 10. Maybe all-time top 10 point guard. I don't know if I can give him all-time top 10 overall player. Yeah, But he is, but let me point it to, have you guys think this way. Is he not the greatest shooter of all time? I think there's definitely a strong argument to be made for him. And if he's not the if he is the greatest shooter of all time, how do you leave that off of the top ten players of all time? Because he's a guy with multiple championships as well. So he's not even a guy that just puts up the numbers. He's a guy who puts up the numbers while winning. I think that, and I don't know, maybe this is going to sound really stupid. I'm just going to preface it that way. The last 10 years are really the first time in NBA history where we've seen such a dependence on the three-point shot. When we were all growing up and we were watching basketball in the 90s, the mantra was you live by the three-point, you die by the three-point, which is why you didn't see everybody so fully invested in it. There were those couple of years where they moved the line in a little bit, and you saw people get three-point happy, guys like Dan Marley and John Starks. We remember the 94 finals, things like that. 
But you didn't see teams totally change their game plan on the idea of we have to shoot as many three-pointers as possible. That has really filtered into the NBA over the last 10 years during the emergence of Stephen Curry. He did, but I'm just yeah, saying... Let me ask you. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you. Let me. No, let me ask a question real quick because this is a serious question. I don't know the answer. Did the league change because of Steve Curry, or was the league moving to more of a three-point way when Steve Curry, Steph Steph Curry Curry came in? Yes, Steph Curry. His culture. His culture changed it. And I'll go back and say something. I believe. Yeah. We're gonna go back and archive it. If we were to go back and archive it, I didn't think it would last. I, when Steph Curry came into the league, I said eventually his shooting's going to taper off. He can't stay this hot forever. Mm. I, I can almost remember myself saying those words, and I have to eat those words now because he is a guy that lasts. He is an all-time great, in my opinion. He is up there. Now, as to who you take off of that list is a great debate to put him on. But in my opinion, like he has done everything – on and off the court the right way, he's done uh, – I mean, he, he's unbelievable. And his difference flat out on the court makes the difference. You see the difference in that Warrior team when he is injured and when he is at full strength. It's it's night and day. And that Warrior team is one of the best, if not the best team in the NBA right now because of him. Yeah, there, 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 There's no denying what you just said. And him and that Warriors team, especially once Kerr took over, they changed how the game of basketball was played around the entire league. Because everybody knew you had to be able to keep up with them or play such good defense that you forced them to shoot a low enough percentage that the analytics of shooting the three ball didn't matter. But to me, the idea or going to the question of who do you take him off for that question's very simply answered to me by, well, what generation of basketball are we playing? But even still, it's so every, I'll give you, you some names right off the top. You're going to have Magic Johnson, no matter what. You're going to have Larry Bird. You're going to have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're going to have Bill Russell, I would think, with 10 championships or 11 championships that he has. I would think that you're going to have... Jordan. From there, you're going to uh, – Jordan, I thought I said Jordan. But, yeah, no, definitely Jordan on the list, 100%. So, I mean, you can knock out at least half of them. And I'm not saying he's better than any of those ones I just mentioned. But then you get into that next tier. You look at a guy like Shaq, multiple championships, the most dominant – like, literally the most dominant player I've ever seen. I, nobody dem- was as dominant on a basketball court as that man. Like, yes. At all, ever. So is he on the list? You look at a guy like my, my favorite player who became, who's become my favorite player of all time, really outside of Patrick Ewing, and that's Tim Duncan. Guy five championships and went up against some of the greats like Kobe and Shaq and, you know, uh, LeBron and did it against all of those guys. You know, See, LeBron, another guy you're probably going to have on the list. I don't know. Would you put KD on the list? You you I, didn't I, even mention Kobe yet or Bird yet or, or... Co- well, well co- yeah Kobe Bird um like I could see Kobe being on there five or six championships Bird's definitely on there and to me it gets more with those some of the, like I, I would I'm almost thinking I would take Durant off and put Steph on 
So the reason why I say any era is one of the biggest advantages Steph has now that he wouldn't have had in the in the uh, basically from the mid '90s and before that is in the mid '90s and before that you were allowed to hand check. You can't do that in today's NBA, which means when mm-hmm. he's dribbling the ball, if you touch him, it's a foul. In the mid, yeah, which means Larry Bird would have been even better. Larry, if you couldn't touch, that is that is that is what ended Larry Bird's career was that people being so physical. That's my point. Jordan probably would have averaged forty points a game for his career if you couldn't hand check. So, but he also couldn't play defense the way he did either. Steph couldn't, or Jordan couldn't. Jordan, Jordan was an all what six seven time all defensive player too. I mean, he was, uh, he, he was an unbelievable defender, Jordan. People forget that because they always focus on his scoring. But without that hand-checking, without that physical defense, is Jordan the same defender that he was? But that that's my point. My top ten is going to always be varied based off what generation of basketball are we playing in. Steph Curry, to me, is not a guy that would have had the same – I still think he would have been a great player. But Steph Curry – would not have had anywhere near the career he's having if he played in in those earlier generations of basketball. Because I'm I'm telling you right now, if he played in the 70s and 80s and real early 90s, Steph Curry would have been injured every single year and probably would have never played more than half a season. In well, the then career. let me give it to you this way, then. Let me give it to you this way. Outside of LeBron James, who we know is going to be on whatever top 10 list that you have, for all-time greats, regardless of era, he's going to be on there. Outside of him, who's, you could say, at the top of this generation, oh, see, who if is we're better talking, than if, Steph Curry? Who is better talk, than Steph Curry? Yeah, if you're talking from 2000 on, you're, 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 I'm taking LeBron, KD, and Steph, Kobe. Those are probably my top four, and I don't know what order I would put them in. Yeah, I mean, for me... But see, that, 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 to me, that's taking the easy way out. I'm asking you to order them. I'll listen. I'll go first. I'll order them. I think you got to go LeBron. Then to me, I'm going to say Kobe because he had that killer instinct. He had a lot of, he had a lot of greatness to him. I'm going to go step three, and then I'm going to go KD. I got to be honest. I, that, that's where I'm at. Off top of my head, I'm going Kobe, LeBron, KD, Steph. I'm leaning more towards Dave's way right now. See, the top 10 NBA all-time, you know, Eric, you kind of brought it up a few weeks ago. It's hard to look at it while people are still playing. I know you meant it in a different context. I don't know. I don't look at either KD or Steph Curry as top 10 ball players right now just because what you have in the top 10 of all time, it's, it's so dense in my opinion. In terms of those players, I think both of them are probably top 15. If you want to stretch it a little bit, at least top 20. If you want me to give you an order based on that, I, I do kind of lean more towards Dave, though. Shooting is definitely a big thing. Oh, Defense, wait, leaning absolutely. more towards Dave isn't actually saying what your order is, though. I'm putting your feet through fire. Stop, no, stop I, beating it, around the bush. I'm not beating around the bush. My order would probably be Dave's order. Would probably be. So is that is that what your order is? You said LeBron, Kobe, KD, no, and said, Steph. Right? He said K- 
he said Kobe, LeBron. I said LeBron, Kobe, but to me, they're interchangeable. To me, they're both great players. You can look at what LeBron did because he's been to so many finals, been able to carry so many different teams. Then you look at the what, what, but never able to really finish. Didn't have that killer instinct the same way that Kobe did. Kobe was a different kind of. All right, fine. You want me to ass. say it? I'm Dave. Dave's list. Dave's list. That's that's what I go with. Kobe over LeBron. Yes, I'm Dave. kicking myself because I got to be honest. I might switch my list and go more that way. But did you go KD before Steph, or did you go Steph then KD? No, I went KD before Steph. Yeah. I went KD before Steph, and he did too. Yes. Really. No, uh, I love I love KD, but KD is a pure scorer, and I get that. Like I, I I loved KD ever since I watched him in Texas. But well, let me say, let me say I, this real quick. I, I gotta tell you, I, I think Steph's outplayed him. And, I think I think outchipped him. I think what Durant did on the Warriors, as much as people were giving him shit and saying you went to a ready made championship, what he was able to do on the Warriors in terms of being able to stand out on a team that was ready-made and still being the guy who you could justify giving that MVP in the finals to, I do think that's a factor. Having said that, given how little, you know, Clay Thompson has been a thought this season, he's going to be coming back. I don't think anybody can expect him to be at full form. The Warriors make a strong playoff run. Maybe they make the finals and Steph Curry is the guy leading the charge on that. Then we can revisit this conversation. This conversation will always be revisited, and that's sure. The fun part. Sure, yeah. To me, that's fair, though. Outside of that, though, to transition a little bit, um, I didn't have too much. Knicks have been sliding lately, under five hundred now, so they yeah. got to do something to turn it around. Outside of that, um, Rangers keep rolling though in hockey. They're the second best team in in their division, and uh, I think two or. Th- Three overall, or uh, three or four overall in the conference, uh, playing great hockey right now. So it's fun to watch. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got for you, hockey wise. And the other thing I wanted to bring up with you guys, and I hope you got a chance to see it. I really did. I don't think either of you did, but I'm really hoping you did. My favorite, like one of my favorite things of the year and my favorite i mean it's my all-time favorite speech uh, you guys know what it is i'm sure already but played every uh, year this around week. this time jimmy v week uh they had uh, you know about with all the college basketball going on but this year because of all this stuff going on with dicky with dick vital they had kind of like a special with him as well so they did the speeches they normally do but they had a lot of dick vital talking and I got to tell you, it was it was awesome. It was it was really cool. Uh, the, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but it choked me up, choking me up right now, even thinking about it. Um, but to to you know hear Dick Vitale what he's going through and hear him talk about it and how so much of his life has been dedicated towards raising money for cancer research and all of that. And it's, ah, it was awesome. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it. If you didn't, I hope you'd pull it up on YouTube or something. Look up like ESPN 2021 Jimmy V week or whatever. It's only like 20 minutes long. It's not even that, like maybe 15 Are minutes. you talking about the actual speech or something else? 
Well, the speech, but then around the speech, they had like in years past, they've had like Stuart Scott or Robin Roberts or whoever yeah. else, like kind of, you know, well, Jimmy V now has, you know, cancer. So it's kind of, you know, he was talking about his journey and everything going on with him. And he was there. He walked Jimmy V up on the stage and off the stage at night at the ESPYs, you know. And he's dedicated so much of his life to fighting for this cause. And it's just, it was cool. So just, just throwing it out there, that's all. Well, I think we've all seen the Jimmy V speech at some point. I haven't revisited it in a while. Now that you say uh, Dickie V is in that, yeah, no, that, that'd be something uh, worth watching. What do you say, Dave? Tony, I think I, you can find it somewhere. No I, doubt. I, I didn't see that, and I didn't even know they did it, but I followed Dickie V on Twitter, and even with everything he's going through, every day that man posts a motivational, like, 30-second video, it, it, it's something that I watch uh, uh, as often as I get an opportunity to. Um, and, you know, knowing the connection he has with the Dickie V Foundation and how much it means to him. Um, what I did see the other day is he got the call um, – yeah, UCLA Gonzaga. He, yeah, he got to call UCLA Gonzaga and seeing him get all choked up. Um, yeah, it really hit home because Dickie V is a guy that's, you know, there's so many things, memories I have in my life where I've randomly been like, that's a diaper dandy, baby. Like, I mean, D Dickie V is uh, an amazing man, and, and that's something I will 100% uh, make sure I try to find the time to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's short. Um, has the has Jimmy V speech in it too? But to hear Dick, uh, to hear Dick Vitale talking in his own words about it and everything, and especially if you follow him like that, you like you do on social media, Dave. I think it's something that you would really you you you'd like you you'd enjoy uh, watching. So definitely, if you guys get a chance, check that out. But I did want to make sure I mentioned it. You know, just have tissues nearby. Yeah, that yeah. definitely sounds like it. I am. Um... Eric, I'm going to apologize, but I kind of want to piggyback off of what you said because there was a couple things I wanted to bring up tonight. Um, in terms of historical importance of what today and tomorrow are, today was the, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe 70th, 80th anniversary of Pearl, 80th. Pearl Harbor. 80th anniversary 80th. of Pearl Harbor. Which doesn't need to be brought up. We bring up 9-11, which was our generation's tragedy. Uh, Pearl Harbor was the generation, well, a couple generations before us tragedy. And I think one of the bigger tragedy is that, you know, my, my sister went to Israel a number of years ago because our grandmother, cousin David's grandmother, um, was a German Jew who got out of Germany before the Holocaust. So it's always something that we've kind of thought about. Dina went on a retreat and spoke to a number of... Uh, Holocaust survivors, and she made the comment to me after it that, you know, so many of these people are dying that these stories are going to be lost forever soon. And if you think about it, just about that entire generation that went through World War II, they're almost all gone. So the remembrance and the stories and the lineage and all that stuff is almost all gone, and it's it's pretty scary to think about. So I wanted to bring up that today was the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And tomorrow is the 31st anniversary of the murder of John Lennon, which I wanted to bring up. Y'all know I've been on the Beatles, the get back kick. 
one of my big takeaways from that documentary was it sucks we live in a world where that guy died so horribly, so tragically, so senselessly 31 years ago, and he didn't need to die. To bring it back, Eric, like Jimmy V didn't need to die. Cancer, unfortunately, hits a lot of people. There's a rationale there. It's a shitty rationale. John Lennon gets murdered by a psycho for no fucking reason in the middle of fucking New York 31 years ago. And a brilliant man dies before he turns 40 years old. So I just wanted to bring that up. And I'm sorry if I killed the mood. No, no. Listen, uh, important historical things going on and, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to throw in one other thing. If you watch that Beatles get back for me, like you guys basically said, like you like Beatles music, but you don't really consider yourselves Beatles fans. Me and cousin David, we're, we're Beatles fans. You know what I mean? I've watched hard days night and help so many times when I was a kid, the thing I loved watching about get back, John Lennon was so fucking funny. He really was. He was, he was funny, great artist, the whole thing. And I just get sad when I watch stuff like that because I'm just like, why the fuck is he dead? Just why? Senseless bullshit. Because people yeah. suck. People suck. People suck. Yes, I agree with you. 100%. Dave, you got anything to throw in? Nah, I think you uh, think you guys hit it on the head. People suck. Yeah, people are fucking You guys worse. caught up on Hawkeye at all or no? I am. I am. Dave, I, I don't know about you. I actually am, gentlemen. I am all caught up. I thought the last. What do you guys think? I mean, we don't got to talk about it like crazy, but I don't know what you guys think about it. I'm, ahead, I'm into it, and I'm excited for when they bring back uh, Kingpin from the Daredevil series on Netflix and start bringing back some of the better characters from the Netflix series. As long as they keep out Iron Fist, I'll be a happy camper. I uh, think everybody Feige did say Feige, Feige did say that if. Charlie Cox, or that if Daredevil comes back, it's being played by Charlie Cox. So mm -hmm. there's hope there. Let's go. I, I'm, all, I'm all for I've it. I've never seen any of those Netflix Marvel shows. So yeah, you've this said is that. My first introduction to them in these shows. You're yeah, missing I, out. I will say it's from what I read earlier today, it sounds like if the Nafrio is Kingpin is coming back, it's going to be in tomorrow's episode. So yeah, I'm, because it lines up with Spider-Man Homecoming's opening. Wait a minute, when did, I thought Spider-Man didn't come out for another couple of weeks. Yeah, next week. No, next week. Next week it comes out. The seventeenth. The seventeenth. So that yeah, week I heard that Kingpin was supposed to be there. I think that was episode five. That's what I was hearing. Kingpin may well, show tomorrow's up. Well, tomorrow's episode. Tomorrow's episode five, isn't it? Charlie Cox might show up in oh, uh, No Way Home, so that's where they were kind of tying that in that they would kind of show up the same week in the in the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? Mm. Tomorrow's episode four, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right, I had my math wrong. I read an article that said episode five is supposed to blow up the internet, and for some reason in my head, I thought tomorrow was episode five. So yes, you were correct there, Eric. I am wrong. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, I I saw something, and yes, I want Charlie Cox back in. I want Kristen Ritter back in as Jessica Jones. I want Mike Coulter back in as Luke Cage. D'Onofrio back as uh, Kingpin. John can, Ritter's daughter? Is that John Ritter's daughter? 
No, actually, I thought I thought the same thing at first too. No, no relation, no relation. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Now John Ritter's got a son who's an actor, but not not. Yeah, yeah, Chris. I knew that, but that's why when I when I heard the last name, I was like, oh, maybe daughter too. Yeah, no, I I did think the same thing at first. No, that's the uh, no relation. I also want John Bernthal back as Punisher. I love the fact that Bernthal is taking a hard line in negotiations and basically saying he won't do it if it's PG thirteen. I love that. Bernthal's the only PG thirteen. No, and nobody else should be allowed to play Punisher ever again besides John Bernthal. He was fucking amazing as the Punisher. Yes. Yeah, you got no I, argument. With me. Yep, I like talking. So I can't. I got no. Got no opinion on it. Yeah, you're you're really missing out not seeing those shows. You could definitely skip Iron Fist, but all the other ones. Uh, at the very least, the first seasons of all. Daredevil is the one you want to watch all three seasons of. Punisher, you want to watch all two seasons of. Uh, Dave, I think you and me differ on Jessica Jones season two. I told you I didn't like that one. wasn't wasn't totally crazy about all of Luke Cage season two either, but I really liked the first season of both those shows. And Defenders was okay. Defenders was all right. It was cool seeing them all on the screen together, but it could have been better. Anyway, um, I like Hawkeye, though, what we've seen so far. I'm looking forward to seeing the last couple episodes. Should be pretty good. And, yeah, uh, next week, Spider-Man, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah hey, I, I love that idea. That seems like such a Marvel move, though. What? In, bring back Kingpin in, in the fifth <laughs> episode of Hawkeye, and then two days later, bring back... Uh, Charlie Cox is Daredevil. I mean that that is such a that's such a Marvel move, and that would just to me get me so much more hyped for you know the post uh, Gauntlet uh, Infinity. It Stone. would melt down the uh, internet. Oh yeah, yeah. The well, it's kind mind of would explode. It's kind of reminiscent. Like it's definitely on a bigger scale. Can than, I throw this out at you guys? Because I don't know if I I'm throwing this out at you guys. Bro. Well, can I just oh, finish the sentence? Can I just finish God. the sentence real quick? When Winter Soldier came out, and then two days later, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had the whole Hydra infiltration, and Ward turned and was a Hydra agent at the end of the episode. This would be that on a much bigger scale, in my opinion. Go ahead. No, I actually think that th there's so much more that's even going to go on. Uh, not, not to get into spoilers or anything else, because I haven't heard these series anywhere. I am just throwing this out at the wall here going bonkers same way i kind of went a little too bonkers with the wandavision theories and whatnot i had to reel myself back in yeah, with this spider-man shit with this spider-man shit i really think they could be going full spider-verse i really think we could be seeing a miles morales on top of a spider pig on top of i'm not even discounting nicholas cage coming in as spider noir I think it all is on the table for this movie because I think it just breaks and I think it's going to flow into and have, you know, not necessarily direct tie-ins or storylines with the new trailers you saw for the new Spider-Verse movie, but I think they're going to try to tie it all in together in some way, shape or form, because eventually, you know, Marvel's going to want to bring in Miles Morales. They're going to want to do that. Sure. So oh, yeah. I just think you're going to end up seeing like I know the big reports have always been about this movie is Toby and Andrew and Toby and Andrew. 
I think this thing is going to break people's minds when it just brings in the whole damn Spider-Verse. It'll be interesting. I will wonder. And I think that that might be what Dr. Strange is alluding to when he goes, they're all coming in and I can't stop them. What if it's not villains? What if it's just Spider-Man? Well, I definitely thought it was Toby and Andrew he was referring to on that. I wouldn't rule out what you're saying. I would wonder if that would be them trying to do too much. You guys still ain't seen Venom 2 yet, have you? No. But again, I think it's all going to... They're gonna try to tie it in, even if it's not, even if it's briefly. no. There's some. There's definitely like I'm not gonna spoil it for you guys. There's a major tie-in to Spider Verse at the end of Venom. There's a major one. I can't tell okay. you what you guys. I can't tell hey, you guys what it is, but Sony huh? and Marvel already. Sony and Marvel already came out and said that they've already agreed with Tom Holland on three more Spider-Man movies in the in the MCU. Oh so, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that alone lets you know that neither one of you are on the wrong path. It's just a matter of exactly how's Marvel, you know, take you down that path. So mm-hmm. Miles Morales, to me, is a, is a sure shot, guarantee, no ifs, ands, buts about it. Miles Morales, to me, will probably get introduced in the second of that next trilogy with, Spy- with Tom Holland. And then he'll take over in that third one. Something will happen to Tom Holland's character, whether it's you know, move on and start his life with MJ or he dies or, you know, whatever they'll move, you know, and then they'll let whoever they cast for that role to take over. But look, when it's all said and done, what they have options for with this multiverse now, I mean, hell, we could see Robert Downey Jr. play Iron Man again, but be a completely different Iron Man. The what if series is tied to the Marvel universe. So all mm. the characters you saw, the zombies, all, all that stuff is all tied to it. We don't know what they're going to do with the remake of Blade. I mean, there's so much. And, like, that's the thing. Look, I know some people are like, yo, every superhero movie is the same, blah, 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 blah. I get it. I understand where they're coming from. But anybody that says that is blind to the fact that every movie has its own story, even though the stories may be similar to the other solo movies. But every movie has its own story, and that story ties into a larger story. And that's the exciting part. And that's the part to me that with Sony and Marvel having, you know, I don't want to say getting along, getting along, um, but at least, you know, they have some understanding of, hey, we make a lot more money together than we do separately. Um, I think they'll be okay with the Spider-Man, Spider-Man world, bringing Venom in. You know, like, I, I don't think they're going to have a hard time mixing everything together and just making billions of dollars as companies. And I'm just going to suck it all up. Let's go. Mm hmm. Yeah, we'll set on that one. And the people who always say every comic book movie is right don't, is like, don't watch a comic book movies to understand that, like you said, similar traits. There are nuances and idiosyncrasies and all these little things that every movie has to kind of distinguish itself at least the good ones do go watch logan if you don't believe that anyway but um unless anybody's got anything else i think we're just about done yes yeah i think we're good my man i will say go watch the beatles get back that rooftop rooftop performance it's an iconic moment in rock history and it's so fucking good to watch and i'm telling you guys right now you guys have seen the movie super bad right yes 
Okay, I've never seen that movie. I've just kind of heard about it. Apparently, there, there's something that happens in there that I won't tell you unless you guys actually watch it, which I don't know if you will, but uh, that reminds people of the cops from Superbad. I feel like okay. you guys. I feel like you guys would get that more than I would. So I, I, I so. do get get what you're saying, and that, yep. that does make things a little more interesting. I, it's such a good performance, too, though. Like, especially if you watch the whole documentary, start to finish, and then you finish on the rooftop. It does feel like you watched this masterpiece from the embryonic stages all the way through the finish. It does feel that. But I will say, I do feel. Diehard Beatles fans will take more from the documentary than just regular people who know who the Beatles are. I definitely feel that way. So, but anyway. All right. So that'll do it for us here tonight. Let's do some final words here. I start with Dave every week. Eric Tressler, I'm going to start with you. I'm drenched in sweat over here, guys. Till next there you week, go. man. Stay sweaty. Take a shower. Uh, lot of lot of NFL. No more real college this week. I think the only game is Army Navy. Uh, so if you want to check out some Army Navy, you'll probably get a lot more of what you saw in the Bills uh, Patriots game. That's probably what that game's going to look like. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, 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 it's just true. It just as honest. I know. They're going to run it a lot. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, other than that, I uh, hope everybody uh, is good until next week. So enjoy, fellas, and uh, this was a fun one. Yeah, it was. Stay sweaty, Eric. Dave Hastings. Hey, man, I I'm as predictable as Eric is when it's all broken down and said when it comes down to wrapping up the show. So just happy to be <laughs> here. Um, love that we made some shout-outs to, to some anniversaries and, and remembering, you know, there's a lot more to this world than sports. So glad we did that as well. So thank you to both of you for bringing that up. Mm. Um, but other than that, hey, look forward to next week. Always happy to be here. And uh, I guess I don't have to ask Eric or tell Eric. I look forward to hearing his sign off because I got that under my belt. So, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> thank you both, guys. This is always fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all our podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you guys for listening to us. I am Mike Aglioloro. Rest in peace, Jimmy V, Stuart Scott, John Lennon, all the victims of Pearl Harbor, everybody. Thank you all for listening to us. We'll see you all next week.